Late Late Show, it's it's pretty reliable paycheck, you know. So I don't that does it feel like a day job? Yeah, it's day job for sure, for sure. Um, it's a super amazing day job, and it's really kind of running on autopilot now, which is kind of amazing. You just um, press a button. Kinda. I mean, kinda. I mean, I, I show up. My band's already selected the stuff they're gonna play for the show, and then I just kind of watch and react. This is mainly what I do. Sounds kind of like a dream job. Yeah, it is a dream job. Do you ever get sure. bored? Uh, no, I don't get bored, but definitely I'll, I'll be on the edge of being bored, but it's not quite there. Hi, I'm Katie Lazarus. Welcome to Employee of the Month. This episode was recorded at Sundance with Mr. Reggie Watts. Reggie Watts was one of the first guests on Employee of the Month. He performed live at Upright Citizens Brigade Theater on Employee of the Month. And we also have an interview, which you can go back and check out. You may remember him from Comedy Bang Bang, Flight of the Concords. I could keep going. The Late Late Show with James Corden is his most recent major credit, but he's open for Conan and he himself has toured all over the world. He's an incredible performer. I initially saw him with MacTube and we talk a little bit about his initial roots in music. ReggieWatts.com. If you have not heard of him, that sounds bananas to me. So go check out ReggieWatts.com. And once you hear our interview, you will know why I'm telling you that he is such a phenomenon. We spoke about virtual reality because he is premiering this incredible series that where you just escape into this whole different world. And with what's going on in the world, I cannot tell you what a joy it was to be able to escape into this particular one. So enjoy my interview with Reggie Watts. I'm here with the three-time Employee of the Month Award winner, the inspiration for this show, in fact. <laughs> but I'm also excited to talk to him about his new virtual reality experience. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So we're at Sundance Film Festival, and so I got to see this virtual reality experience called Runnin'. Oh, yeah. Oh, you got to see it. Good. I felt like a little kid. It was so nice to to be present in that way of of just experiencing something new and not knowing what's coming next. Oh, oh, that's great! Yeah, yeah. Why did you get into this virtual reality? Did you just want to escape Putin? <laughs> yeah, I want to get get rid of uh, Putin on the Ritz. Yeah, um, I I don't know. I, I I guess I just I've always been into the idea of you know putting on a magic headset and going into another world. And, you know, the promise of VR back in the late 80s and um, and then the mid-90s. And, you know, it just, just kind of failed a couple times. But I was really excited about it because I thought, you know, VR is an incredible opportunity to hijack all of the senses and really put someone into a, another world. I was talking to your co-creator, the woman who, who directed and helped. Kira, yeah. Yeah, Kira Benzing. Mm -hmm. And she was like, well, I was worked in theater, so it just you know seemed like a natural transition. And I was like, no, it's not a natural <laughs> transition at all. I've like made animation and stop motion. I was like, yeah, this is like a Pixar movie, but in a headset. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I mean, a Pixar short. I mean, yeah, short for sure. There is a natural transition from from theater to VR in that you are creating a space and you are making things happen in a space. So to that degree, it does 
it does make for a relatively natural transition into it. But, uh, you know, there's the coding part of it and that's, that's other people are doing that. You know, the developers will do that, but, uh, the, the, the concept, the vision for a project and seeing it through to the desired aesthetic means or, or end is definitely still kind of within the realm of theater or producing something. So, so it's not too bad. It's a little abstract because when you, when you're looking at it, you have to see it in different versions along the way by putting the headset on and experiencing it and saying, Oh, I don't like this. or I don't like this, blah, 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 blah. And then, but it, it's, you know, there is definitely a learning curve, but it is kind of weird how similar it is to theater. I don't want to give it fully away, but I will say that it, it obviously draws on your incredible musical talents. Oh, well, yeah. Well, thanks. Yeah. I mean, that's me and uh, John Tejada, that track that, that we're using. Yeah. And then the dancers, where did you get all the dancers? Um, you built them out of Legos. They're everywhere. These dancers these days, you can find them in broom closets. The phone book. Yeah, in yeah, in at least one phone book, you can find them. Yeah, no, I knew uh, Ani f- uh, for for a long time. She was in a couple of my. Uh, well, she was in one of my experimental theater pieces. Which one was that? Uh, it's called um, Transition. Uh, she was in that. She that was po- a great segue, by the way. Oh, thanks. <laughs> uh, yeah, so yeah, so I knew her since then, and she has a, a dance company called The Dance Cartel that she started, and they do these nights in New York called On the Floor. They're really fun, kind of immersive dance all the all around you type of performances. And so I thought that they would be perfect for this. And uh, Kira had worked with her before, so there was a little bit of a connection. And then Amy O'Neill is a friend from Seattle who had a dance company called Locust or kind of a mixed media theatrical company called Locust. And I knew her because my drummer was dating her and we became really good friends and I always loved her dancing and choreography. So I thought it was a great opportunity to put both of them in there. Until she learned not to date drummers. Oh gosh, yeah. Never date a drummer. It's a golden rule. It's just not a... It's never a good idea. If they play the tambourine too, then you can think about it. But otherwise, I'd say stay away. <laughs> yeah, you know they're fun for short rides. <laughs> okay, so it's set in a record store. Yeah. Was that you? Was that Kira? I, I, you know, I really don't know. Okay. About that one, the record store thing. Maybe it was Kira. And then my my other question is like, you know, in some ways, seeing this immersive experience where you put on these goggles. Yeah. Um. It felt a little bit like directing a theater play because you're like have all these rooms yeah. that you're creating. So it felt like several plays in once. Yeah. But I sort of was joking about Legos before, but it's I think that is the only time I remember like building worlds was out of blocks. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's kind of funny that way. For you, were you did you write it as a script or did you talk it out or how did how did it uh mainly just talked about it out loud um on walkie talkies or yeah on talkie walkies uh yeah yeah it was it's definitely it was a mishmash of me just saying i want to do a music video to uh you know one of the wahada songs running and then uh once that was chosen it was it was pretty general for me I, i just wanted to i just wanted to be like a like a dance vibe like fun with dancers dancing around you and feeling like you're in a club experience to a certain extent. 
it was pretty loose. And then Kira kind of created the structure and the script for it to, to be able to follow and get things done. But in hindsight, I think it could have been done uh, almost fully improvisationally. I think it would have, would have, we would have arrived at the same thing. I was also just curious about the fiction, you know, creating like another world and thinking about like fight flight and why, why we stay and watch documentaries or read, you know, nonfiction books and what, what I was just curious what you get out of going into a different world. Um, possibility, you know, living life in a different way or experiencing life in a different way, you know, augmenting your abilities in the virtual world. Um, those are all great things. Empathy is, you know, kind of a word people throw around a lot. Wait, how do you get empathy out of that world? Because it feels like you might be more disconnected from other humans. Yeah, well, you know, depending on the story, on the experience inside there, but I, I, I experienced uh, a story called Awavana, and uh, I forget the name of the director. I feel terrible, but she was great, and that whole piece is about sh- a shaman who becomes the first uh, woman shaman in this particular tribe in the Amazon. And so, you know, when you see things like that, when you see 3D, 360 video, and it's about something that's interesting, you kind of grow a lot closer to it than you normally would, I think. I I saw, I went to Peru and Ecuador in 2001 and saw a shaman, and the shaman had um, a CD player, like, hidden under (laughs) this little mat. It was such a great moment because I always worry about cultural appropriation. And I was like, and it's a confusing subject for everyone involved. Yes. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. Um, okay. I did also want to ask about Josh. I have zero business skills. Uh-huh. You are a co-founder of a multimedia company. What do you, what, how do you I, I describe guess. it? Yeah. Well, I, tell me what the, the I don't know. It's Josh. It's a Jash. It's like a production production comedy production company. You co-founded Jash with Sarah Silverman and Michael Sierra and a, b- a bunch of other folks. And I just was curious about like the business aspect is because as a writer, I don't have right. those kinds of skills. Um, and you have so many skills. Uh, yeah. Where did, where did business enter into the picture? <laughs> well, it wasn't it wasn't really that much of a business. I mean, I mean and I mean we started it. It was, I think, Sarah Silverman and Daniel Kellison. Oh yeah, were, uh, were the or Daniel Kellison was like the CEO kind of guy, and uh, he knew Sarah from back in the day. And he worked on the Man Show with Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah, and he, so he had ideas of you know types of things that he wanted to program for Josh and uh, you know and Tim and Eric was involved and you know it was a, it was a good. It was a great idea, but we didn't, you know, I made a few videos on Josh. Sarah made some videos on Josh. You know, everybody kind of made some videos on Josh. And then that was kind of it. Like we didn't really do anything else. And it just kind of was Josh. And then it was kind of almost done for a while. And then it, then it wasn't, then it came back. I don't, I don't really know where it's at now, but apparently, you know, we're still associated to it, but I just haven't really, um, 
I don't have any details about it for the last past, you know, three years or two years. Or this whatever. is making me feel so much better about my business skills. So oh, okay, you. good. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't. I have very few business skills. I, I you know, it sounds fancy, but it's not. <laughs> And then, I mean, sort of similarly on that note, like there is a certain level of, of needing resources in order to, I'm just looking at like a scarcity of resources, like a Maslow hierarchy of needs thing. Yeah. And once that is there, can you just translate better t- to being creative? And I was just curious in terms of like the late show with James Corden, like did you feel like you got to a space where you're like, okay, now I can do whatever our, I want, or do you feel like, oh my God, I got to keep working and working and working to be able to survive financially? Uh, uh, no, I mean, with the, the Late Late Show, it's it's pretty reliable paycheck, you know? So I don't, that does Does one, it feel like a day job? Yeah, it's a day job for sure. For sure. Um, it's a super amazing day job, and it's really kind of running on autopilot now, which is kind of amazing. You just um, press a button? Kind of. I mean, kind of. Yeah. I mean, I, I show up, my band's already selected the stuff they're going to play for the show, and then I just kind of watch and react. Is is mainly what I do. Sounds kind of like a dream job. Yeah, it is a dream job. Do you ever get sure. bored? Uh, no, I don't get bored, but definitely I'll, I'll be on the edge of being bored, but it's <laughs> not quite there. I mean, you know... There, there are times when guests aren't really that dynamic or the yeah. combination of people on the yes. couch just isn't that, you know, magnetic. And uh, and that will happen and uh, and you can feel it and it's just kind of is, it is what it is, as they say. Um, but no, I don't really get bored. I'll, I'll get disappointed sometimes when there's like another kind of dumb band. And what I mean by dumb is that it might not be their fault. It's just the state of where we're at musically, but it's usually a band that has a playback, you know, thing. so they're just pressing space, space bar and it starts playing and then they're playing over it, performing over it. So there's some of that. There's some like weird affectations or just copying styles so blatantly, but not crediting the people that they're borrowing from that, all that kind of shit. So there's lots of that. Sometimes I can't tell if people don't know how to use Google and like don't even like look for the context and history of where something came before them artistically, or they are just so self-focused that that wouldn't come up in their minds that it may have been done before. Why not pay homage or really be inspired by someone versus yeah. um, taking? Yeah, 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 for sure. Absolutely. Well, I mean, you want to make sure that you're, you're, uh, you're contributing responsibly, responsibly. Do you ever get burnt out? Um, because it is—it's every day, right? Except for the weekends. Uh, yeah, four four days a week we tape. Oh, yeah. Monday so you only need Thursday. a parking spot four days a week. Yeah, yeah I guess so. Why are you going to use I my just, parking? I spot? I just need to know if I'm in Los Angeles. Where oh to park. yeah, yeah, yeah. If you need parking, you can definitely park in my space when I'm not using it. Um, but do you get burnt out? Have you ever gone through that? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I can. I can get kind of burnt out. I mean, it's. It just it just depends on how long we're going without a break, you know, or how many hours if I'm having to get up really early in the morning or something like that. But and there's none of that really, so it's, it's not yet, not yet. Not yet is good. Yeah. When you're performing live, since you have done it for decades now, right? As yeah. a musician, as a 
Reggie Watts, where mm-hmm. you don't even have to you don't even have to write your bio. How exciting is that? You're yeah. like a New Yorker writer. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can just be like as a Reggie Watts. Yes, yeah, that's true. Um, does does do you get ever get burnt out from that or, or fatigue from that from being on the road? Um, no, I, I I don't I don't think so. No, I mean you know every every performance everything that I do that has to do with being on stage is you know usually pretty something i'm pretty excited about doing so it's not i don't i would i couldn't imagine myself being too exacerbated or impatient about doing something and i mentioned cultural appropriation before but sometimes i feel like i'm not being trite but it can come off as trite or i I, we're in an odd era Mm. now where i feel very self-conscious of things i'm saying even though i've continue to work in social service i know i'm not woke enough and will continue to become even more woke and, and aspire to do so yes and yet i feel exceptionally self-conscious in this particular time period right now do you do you ever have that where i'm not sure if the irony comes across and i also don't um, want to be glib yeah yeah you don't want to be andy or barry glib yeah um yeah. They're already, those names are already taken, Andy and Barry Glib. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, well. Um, I tried. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's just definitely, a, I guess, an awareness of, I guess, I don't know. I don't know if it changes necessarily what I'm doing. It definitely makes me feel like I want to contribute more because I want to cut through the noise. Um, and there's a lot of white noise and uh, useless uh, things that people are are thinking are very important and that are not. Can you be more specific? Well, I mean, you know, there always seems to be some kind of a crisis going on with people, and sometimes it'll be like an emotional thing, or you know, there's. I I don't know. I guess I guess what it is is there sometimes seems to be a lot of a big deal made of or much ado about nothing. Like there's a lot of uh, certain things that people are concerned about, and they're. Um, they're going to, you know, kind of protest in, in a way uh, about something, which is great. But also, also, it's kind of weirdly not not as effective as it as it could be. It's more effective, I think, for people to just, you know, dig in deeper to what they love doing and just really doing that. And there's you, you'll get more out of it doing that than by trying to like I've I've got to do this for this cause or you know or bring attention and awareness this way or this that way i don't think that that's necessarily the way you should be thinking what is the way that you think about those things like what gives you meaning or feels like okay i'm making a difference here yeah i mean i don't know i guess more my thing is is awareness just creating more awareness and you know self-enlightenment encouraging self-enlightenment and uh um, you know, being kind to individuals and uh, other individuals and taking time to understand people that you may disagree with and those types of things. It's just, 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 you know, trying to put out some, uh, or put attention to how being pragmatic, practical and grounded in your thinking is, is important. Um, I noticed it's because it's hard not to notice all the muscles that were popping out of your shirt and, um, I know you've been working out more and taking care of yourself. Mm-hmm. What inspired that? Um, well, it was something I was always wanted to do. I, you know, I worked out when I was in my late twenties, and 
Um, it was really when I moved to New York and started doing comedy and touring that I really put on a lot of weight. Because, uh, you know, you tour and go to hotels and the hotels have mini bars and all these snacks and stuff and, you know, eating late at night with people and all of the things that aren't the optimal. And then also just not exercising. So um, I was kind of, I, I wasn't happy when I was in that state. And when I got the, the gig with Corden, and moved to LA. I just told myself, uh, you know, it's part of the package of taking that gig is to get in shape. And so I got a nutritionist and a personal trainer and went for it. Um, what, so now you can be a professional bodybuilder as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd have to take more steroids for that. More. Notice that the more was the key well, word there. I have Notice never, that that was the key word. I've never taken steroids except for, maybe to reduce inflammation from an injury. So do you, do you do, uh, are there things you don't eat or do eat or things that you exercise that like have helped you? Uh, you know, I try to, I try to stay away from, you know, cheap carbs as much as possible. And, uh, just, you know, a reasonable amount of fat and just protein and vegetables. That's kind of my diet. Okay. Just being everything, you know, Oscar Wilde, that quote, everything in moderation, including moderation. (laughs) that's true when I first started seeing you perform there was sort of a more like jazz improvisational sort of feeling maybe because I I Uh went to Wesleyan where there's like I don't know Anthony Braxton like basically there was no Uh, movie theater yeah uh so I went to a lot of modern dance shows and a lot of uh, experimental jazz and I just was curious if, if experimental jazz or jazz in general like if that influenced you at all or that's just in my head Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, my dad was a big jazz fan, and we had jazz records growing up, and I used to listen to all of those. And um, yeah, I love jazz. Jazz, you know, I studied jazz, studied jazz for two years, and in those two years, you know, I, I performed a ton with jazz groups or sitting in on sessions and things like that. And so, yeah, jazz is definitely in there as a part of one of my influences, for sure. I feel like some some people in Hollywood actually enjoy Hollywood more than even viewers or fans <laughs> or, you know, they really are have bought the dream or, you know, drank the Kool-Aid or whatever you want to call it. But it's not yeah. necessarily negative. It's not all cynical. Like there is a part that's like they really just love this. And then there's parts where I'm like, oh, my God, this is so vacuous and vapid. Well, why? Uh-huh. How? Um, where where do you fall in that spectrum now that you live in Los Angeles and um you know, you're more than regionally famous, I would say, right? Uh, depends poss- on the region. Possibly, yeah. Depends on the region. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Hollywood or, you know, the the apparatus or the machine, the, the entertainment world. I mean, it's an interesting place. I don't really subscribe to it 100%, you know, because a lot of it is, it's just people's opinions and uh, people talking and uh, media and things of that nature. But, uh yeah, I don't really pay too, too much attention to it. I don't really buy into it that much either. So it's just kind of a, it just feels like, oh, it's, it's, it's north of me, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's Hollywood and, you know, there's sidewalks and walks of fame and tourists and stuff like that. But that's kind of it. Can you like go into a meeting now and know whether your pitch is going to be bought or not? Like, can you tell when they're when they're being so effusive, but it's actually not gonna get made or sold? <laughs> well, I mean, I haven't pitched a ton, a ton, but definitely enough. I, I would say that 
Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I haven't really gone. I haven't had a pitch meeting and then gotten the thing relatively quickly. So I don't know what the reactions would be. It's always, you know, they'll say, oh, it's really great or or something light. And then they kind of confer with their higher ups and then they might come back on, on an idea. But most of the time, uh, it's not really anything more than that. And are there any things you're working on right now? You have a game show? Well, I, I did have a game show, yes, uh, called Taskmaster that was created by Alex Horn, but uh, that didn't get picked up for second season. It was Comedy Central, so, you know, Comedy Central is, they're just kind of behind the times. Um, do you remember Heathers? Did you see that movie, Heathers? Yes, I love that movie, yeah. I also love the phrase reindeer games, transfer to Washington, transfer to Jefferson. No one in West Park's going to play your reindeer games. Oh, and Comedy Central is clearly not into reindeer games. Oh, yeah. No, no. They they didn't get your vision. No, they're not really reindeering game, reindeer gaming it. They also, it just it's hard to find their stuff. And if I want to find something, it's very difficult. I have to really dig hard to find stuff, which is not what you want people to be doing. I mean, on one level, I just feel like it's so flooded that it's like, you know, you, you can feel overwhelmed by it. <laughs> And in other ways, I, I feel like, yeah, uh, you want, I, I, I mean, I almost like I'd be more excited to have a show on Netflix or Amazon than yes, television always because, because people are going there. Yeah. I mean, it's just more visible. It's just easier to see. And, you know, when you're a company, you know, Comedy Central has, a, I mean, they have the benefit of a great name. You know, it's a, it's a name that people, I mean, it's 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 says what it is and also it's just brand recognition um but you know if they don't get their stuff together to be able to be online and to be available online or you know make a deal through netflix to have their shows you know at least shown through netflix whatever like they've done um you know they could they could really they could gain a lot more market share. Like they could get involved again, but it, they have some weird, I don't know what it is, but this antiquated way of operating. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just not how people, it's not how people, uh, discover things anymore. Yeah. Because it just gives you the area on a map. You know that it's centrally located, but you don't know where. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you gotta, you gotta search, but also you gotta, kind of make it easy for people too. a thousand percent <laughs> you know Wait, now you're just showing up that you're super flexible can you do the splits i can't do the splits this is about as flexible as i can get do you do a lot of yoga no i wish i did yogurt but i don't more tai chi yeah maybe i guess i could do tai chi but yeah i just like you know you have to stretch sometimes I'm a huge stretcher, and we we will go back to stretching. I have one last stretch of a question. Yeah. Um, what do you What are you working on these days? I'm working on the you know the VR experience. You know we'll we'll have some more tweaks after Sundance. What are you going to tweak from that? Going to shorten it a little bit, and uh, add, try to add a little bit of interactivity, more interactivity. That's fun. Yeah. What do you What do you, Which parts are? Would you like to be more interactive? I'm not certain. I mean, it could be when you touch a dancer. Yeah. When you reach out and touch, you know, maybe more noticeable things happen. Um, I have an idea. Yeah. Okay. If like you're dancing. Yeah. And then you put your hands out, like even though you're not 
you, yeah. you know, and then the person who has, the, is having the VR immersive experience yeah. can like, um, put the wand out or whatever. Uh-huh. And then it's like, they're dancing with you. Like you can do, this is my, uh, this is dad dancing. Oh yeah. That, no, that looks like, ac- that looks accurate. This is mom That's dancing. That's, yeah, I guess there is a difference. Yeah. It looks good. I mean, it looks really good. But so. I think that would be fun. Yeah. I think so. I mean, we, we want to get it to where you can, um, there's body tracking and you can see, uh, your friends. Like if you go in at the same time, you can actually be in the same experience at the same time and dancing together. So we're going to try to work on that. But aren't you supposed to be dancing? Like nobody's watching. Yeah. But in that case, you can still do that, but it's just with the person, another person. Okay. So still performing all over the world. Yeah. Have uh, you performed in every continent? I think I uh I have except for I guess China and like Russia, China. I mean all that stuff is all interconnected, so it's always hard to determine. But yeah, I guess I've gone to Slavic Slavic countries, Australia, New Zealand, you know, all over Europe. I haven't performed in Asia that much. Uh performed in Japan once so you're not big in japan no but i'd love to be though japan's great i've i've i was imagine that your comedy actually you know how the the, the film studios will be anxious about having uh comedy sometimes pitching them because they don't translate necessarily internationally right for you internationally does your work translate yeah i think it does i mean you know, I, I try I try to just adapt to whatever I'm doing to the audience that I know is going to be receiving it. So, um, yeah, I try to make it as custom designed for each location that I'm at as much as possible. I think the immersive experience will also translate. Yes. Yes, I think so. People get motion. I mean, when they see motion and storytelling, they're like, oh, I see what that is, you know. Well, it was a very much of a delight to do. So I think that people can just go to ReggieWatts.com to check out more about running. Yeah. Um, if they want to watch the late show with Jimbo Corden, they can also do that. Yeah. Late, um, late. Late, late show, excuse me. And they can see you live. Yeah. They can see me live somewhere. Do you not even know your schedule now? Nah. I think I have a live thing tomorrow. Somewhere. I wish it was so, like, so, Okay. You have a live thing tomorrow, but you're not quite sure. I'm not sure, yeah. But I also, I mean, yeah. I mean, there are things. I just, you know, I'm terrible with my schedule. I usually don't know until the day of. And that's because you have handlers who handle everything for you? Yeah, like my assistant will let me know. Like, oh, don't forget this is today. And I'll be like, oh, okay, great. Oh, you know. Do you have um, a masseuse? A masseuse? No, I wish. Do you have? S- someday. I would like, I think if I had all the money, I would definitely do that. <laughs> I would splurge to have a masseuse come Oh, for sure. There's nothing better than, you know, having someone know what the hell they're doing and work on your your body. Speaking of work on your body, the immersive... No, just kidding. Oh, nice. <laughs> I didn't nice. know that I But I do, I, do, I do know that you are probably very, very tired from running around to so, show this immersive experience running. Running, running um, around. At Sundance Film Festival. I'm so, so happy you came, and, and I'm so excited you're going to be doing the live show this Sunday. <laughs> um, but I, I really... I, it, you were really one of the inspirations for me to start employee of the month and just try to figure out like, how do people sustain themselves creatively and, yeah. and, and still find the novelty and pleasure um, 
as well as the hard knocks of, you know, as you mentioned with Comedy Central, places not necessarily um, being excited to fund what one might think they should. Yeah. Yeah. Groovy. Yay. Bye, Reggie Watts. Thank you so much for being an employee of the month. Oh, thanks for being so sweet. That's it for this episode of Employee of the Month. I want to thank Lady Rizzo for providing Employee of the Month with this incredible theme song. I want to thank Dana Bialik for recording this episode. Thank you, Reggie Watts. I'm your host, Katie Lazarus. Employee of the Month will be back next week. And thank you to Sundance and Dropbox as well. Talk to you soon.